Hey guys, Nathan here. Welcome back to the Trading Post podcast. So we've taken a, I know we've taken a brief hiatus and by brief hiatus, I mean, uh, about two months. Um, I know I started this podcast before Christmas and then I got back from Christmas break and had a few schedule changes to get used to with class and work and whatnot, but but hey, I'm back now, um, planning on uploading semi-regularly from this point. I want to make this a little more consistent, just so that keep people interested and honestly keep it going, because I've I found out, like, instead just winging it hasn't really worked all that well, and I think actually planning out an episode release would be good. So I'm planning on releasing bi-weekly, uh, unless things get really busy. In which case, I'll probably have some episodes recorded ahead of time. But, yeah, so you can count on this to come out at least every other week. Um, so, yeah, uh, welcome back. And to kick things off, uh, we, I got an email from someone who submitted a quad. This is uh, my friend Charlie from Wyoming Catholic. We, uh, we went there together for a year. So his question is, you are marooned on an island indefinitely, and you get to choose one album to be your only entertainment. What album are you choosing? So this is a super tough question, because anyone that knows anything about me knows that um, I really love music. Music's been a big part of my life ever since, I want to say, like, third or fourth grade or something, something like that. Um, Music is really important to me. It started off, I was mostly grew up with classic rock. It started off, I would listen to whatever my dad would listen to on the radio. Um, and then that eventually led me to listen to the radio on my own, on my radio slash alarm clock. And whenever I hear a song that I would like, I'd sprint over to it because it was also a cassette player and I'd smash record <laughs> and try to make my own mixtapes. I actually still have it. Um, it's on my desk here. But, um, yeah, so where I was going with this is music is a big part of my life. Um, I enjoy it a lot. I also think it's kind of therapeutic for me, at least. Um, I know it helps me whenever I'm feeling anxious or need to concentrate, whether that's schoolwork or driving. Um, it's just, it's something that helps me concentrate and helps me, um, I want to say sort of emotionally I don't I don't know that it for lack of a better word emotionally like whenever I'm sure you guys have experienced this whenever you're going through some tough times or something like that um, usually a certain type of music can help you through it whether that help you chill out and calm down or help you work through those emotions or tough times um, that's it really varies from person to person I guess but I guess where I'm going with this is music is really important to me. So the reason this question is so tough is because it. I was thinking about it at work today. It's it's hard to choose just one album of music because I feel like music taste is something that you acquire and it also changes over time too. Like you learn about new songs, maybe you switch up your genres a little bit and try and. Uh, once you discover new things that may end up becoming your new favorite genre so um, that all being said I think if I had to pick one album I this I'm not sure if this counts or if it's cheating but this is my answer I had prepared 
uh, growing up, me and my sister, we also used to listen to CDs. We had a CD player in the basement, and we'd, we'd put stuff on. It's mostly, like, either... We exclusively played almost only Bible stories and movie soundtracks. And there was one CD we listened to a lot. It was Top 25 Disney Classics or something like that. Um, and basically, it was just mo- it was a collection of 25 of Disney's most favorite um, famous songs. Um, and that one we listened to a lot. I think I would pick that one because... A, there's a wide variety of songs in there. B, it's from movies I uh, grew up with, so there's nostalgia. And C, it'd be nostalgic because that's something I would listen to with my siblings, and it's just something I really like. So if I had to pick one, I know it's not technically an album, but you know, I I kind of consider it the same thing. It's like a CD or an album. It's a collection of songs. So if I had to pick one collection of songs, it would be that. Um now I actually got to go dig that up and see what's on it specifically because I know there's that that song from Snow White was on it and then a few from a few movies that I hadn't seen. Um, yeah, that's the funny thing is I didn't recognize most of the songs because at the time I hadn't seen every Disney movie that was featured on that disc and it was only when uh, my family first tried out Disney Plus for the first time we went through and saw all the old obscure Disney movies if you know what I'm talking about like the you you got your stereotypical Disney princess movies and then the Pixar animation. I'm talking like that in-between period where it was still cartoon animation, but they were just less well-known. We're talking like, I'd say the mile markers are latest being like Tarzan and Treasure Planet, earliest being Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like all those movies that came in between, those we were less familiar with. And I ended up really liking some of them. I think my favorite was uh, Grace, The Great Mouse Detective. I really liked that one. Um, it was very well made. Uh, it was very funny, too. It also just kind of calls back to in high school when the high school play was a Sherlock Holmes story. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the topic then. So today I want to talk about demeanor and confidence. Now, I just want to preface this by saying this is by no means a step-to-step guide on how to improve these areas of your life necessarily with like it's not a guaranteed satisfaction type thing. I'm not here to like follow this 10 list of 10 rules and it'll increase your life dr- drastically. I just want to talk about some things that have helped me personally and things I've struggled with and kind of how I went about um, dealing with these kind of issues. Cause, and then maybe it'll help you too. I don't know. You, you can email in and let me know what you think. If this was helpful or not. If it made things better. If it gave you a little bit of perspective. If it made it worse and you want to call me a jerk, go for it. There's emails there. Uh, the trading post podcast at gmail.com. You can tell me how much you love slash hate this idea. So um, I want to start off. Demeanor. So, um, demeanor, I guess we usually define that as like how we carry ourselves and how we outwardly portray ourselves. And this is something, it's honestly a lot more important than people give you credit for. Like, to be honest, I had never really thought about it at any point in my life up until recently when, 
um, at school, we learned about what it, what is are some good habits to have going into a job interview. And they talk about having a prepared resume and the what to say and what not to say and how to carry yourself. And it's interesting because how to carry yourself was actually a very prominent part of this. You want to, I remember specifically they told us you want to um, dress for the position higher than the one you're shooting for because that'll show a degree of professionalism. It'll show that you're neat and tidy. It'll show that you can... Um, I mean, I guess this doesn't apply in any situations. I'm thinking mostly like applying for a corporate or office position. Like, yeah, you're going to want to dress a little more formal. You know, if you're applying for a construction position, then, you know, maybe formal is not the way to go. But dress for the occasion, I guess, is what they were trying to put out there because it shows that you're practical. It shows that you can be neat. And honestly, looking sharp is never a bad thing. I... I see no reason, like, when you're out in public, you shouldn't look... There's no reason not to look your best, you know? I guess that's that's part of the reason why I am not a fan of wearing sweatpants in public. Like, I don't care if other people do it. Like, if if you're into wearing joggers and t-shirt public, then go for it. Um, that's just something that I personally don't do because... Um, I don't know. It's it's just not my style, I guess. And that that's not to say like if I'm out on the town, I'm not like. Oh, how do I? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how do I explain this without being completely contradictory to what I'm saying. So, I normally don't wear sweatpants out in public. That's because I personally think that something a little nicer than that. Like I, for for context, I am a boots, jeans, and flannel kind of guy. I think that just. That's something I'm com- that's co- English is hard sometimes. That's something I'm confident in and I guess that just works for me. And whatever works for you, that it varies from person to person. Um I think though objectively there are some things we can agree on are not publicly like what you would call looking your best, you know, like wearing pajamas to church, I guess that's a bit of an extreme example, but y- you get what I'm saying. Um I think also going beyond how you dress how you carry yourself too um like there's a difference you could see two guys walking down the street in a black suit and tie um one of them is standing upright he's looking straight ahead walking at a decent pace and the other guy he's got like his shoulders slumped forward he's kind of moping around and you you can tell that there's definitely a difference between the two and how they carry themselves and i know they talk about Um, if you walk with an air of confidence about you, it's usually, people find that more attractive, I guess. I don't exactly know the science behind it. I think there's a psychological thing. Feel free to do some research on that yourself. And if I'm wrong, then tell me, like, I'm fine with you calling me out and stuff like that. But I think in general, people who carry themselves well with an air of confidence appear to be more attractive so what does confidence mean then so confidence i think is being able to recognize your own worth and abilities and also being able to recognize like the correct areas of life to place yourself in right i think um that's to say like to rephrase it's partly has to do with 
making sure that in any situation you're in, you're not underqualified, but also not overqualified. Like, there's nothing wrong in saying, like, I'm just thinking to a work example. If your boss is it's like, hey, I need you to do this thing, and it's a bit out of your league, you don't have the knowledge or skills, per se, to handle that type of task, like, there's, there's two different ways to go about it. You can normally, because in a work environment, people are busy, they got things to do, normally if you your response is like um but i uh, okay sure like whatever like that's that is never good because a it's showing like submission and it's showing a lack of initiative too and b if you're taking on a task you're unqualified for you, you could potentially get hurt or get other people hurt and we don't need that there's the other approach you could take is like i hear you i understand this needs to get done i just don't feel qualified because x y and z and i don't think it's safe and if you're upfront and straight up about it, people will respect you for that. It's true. I've I've experienced this myself on the job site. So I'm an electrician or an apprentice electrician, and there and I also struggle with the fear of heights. So I know it's a bit contradictory because my job means I have to be up in ceilings all the time. But that's something I'm working on, and I'm actually getting a lot better at this. I'm going to get back to that in a second. Areas of life that I've improved in as far as confidence goes. Um, there's one journeyman who told me, he's like, hey, we need this wire run across this raceway or whatever. And it was like 30 feet off the ground. And I know that it doesn't sound like a lot, but 30 feet is a lot. And it takes 15, I think it takes 15 feet to break something if you fall. And that, you know, that ne hasn't necessarily helped my fear of heights, but... I looked at that and as res respectfully, I told him, look, I'm struggling with fear of heights. I don't know that that is the safest option. And he was totally chill about it. He was like, okay, no problem. I'll have you on the ground doing this thing instead and send that other dude up there. So I think as long as you're forward and honest and um, just speak plainly about what who you are and what you're about, that is a huge mark of confidence. And that's not to say that um, you always have to know exactly what you're talking about because we don't. Like I guarantee you 99% of the time we do not know. Actually, 100% of the time we don't know everything. We, we just don't. And that's how we learn is we recognize we don't know something and we want to correct that. So um, lack of knowledge is no reason not to be confident. As long as you know your abilities and yourself, like take time to reflect on who you are and what your capabilities are, um, that is definitely a mark of good confidence. So the reason I'm talking about this is because for the longest time, I've struggled with low self-esteem. I struggled through it all through high school and the beginning of college. Um, it was just tough because um, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. I, I was not the best student. I was... B's if I was lucky, C's, not because I was stupid, I don't think, like, I don't think I'm stupid, maybe, maybe my siblings will correct me on that, but I don't think I'm stupid, I think that, um, I just wasn't applying myself, because, you know, and, and my parents and my teachers saw it too, they're just like, you could be a great student if you just applied yourself, well, my dumb teenage brain took that to mean that instead of, like, oh, I need to just improve these areas of study. My dumb teenage brain took that to mean 
oh, well, I don't apply myself, it must be worthless, then what's the point? I, my default answer to a lot of things that upset me was just, what's the point? Um, I know, it's stereotypical teenage angst, but hey, it, it was a real issue for some time. It, it hindered me from doing a lot of good that could have been accomplished uh, in my younger years. So, something I've learned recently, um, just from work and school and maturing a little bit, is that if you're failing in an area and it's genuinely a lack of aptitude, then people, like, there's no, how do I explain this? If it's a genuine lack of aptitude, you will know it. Like, like I was saying before, you will know if you're not qualified or just don't necessarily have the skills to do this type of thing. I figured this out when I went to college. I went to Wyoming Catholic. I was studying liberal, liberal arts at the time. And uh, I discovered that, you know, philosophy, the humanities, uh, conversational Latin, and that type of thing. While those are all very good and I enjoyed them very much, they're just not what I'm meant to do in life. And I could definitely feel that. Like, the school was good, the people were fantastic, some of the best people I've ever met. And the school, the schoolwork was good. It's just, I wasn't inclined to that kind of thing as a career path. Right? Or as a vocation, even. That's just not who I was meant to be. So, discovering that, and discovering my real passion, which is the trades and fixing things, I definitely have gained a lot more confidence in myself and in my own abilities, and my self-esteem has improved quite a bit. That's due to two things, most well, three things mostly. A, I prayed about it. Prayed about it a lot. You, you have no idea how much prayer will do for you in your life. That is always the first thing you should do. Whenever you encounter anything good or bad, pray. Pray for strength. Pray for thanksgiving. Do whatever you got to do. Just pray. Trust me. It it pays off in the end. Number two was, again, I actually applied myself and it took a, it took a series of failures to figure that out. Um, but it's not like an impen a crushing failure that just set me back. No, these failures actually helped me move forward because I was, I had the maturity to learn from them. And then see, I was, I have a really supportive group of friends here. And never underestimate the power of your friends because, like, we're all human, right? And we're all, we all make mistakes because of that. So if you have a solid friend group that is dedicated to helping you lift you up and help you become a better person, that is the most valuable thing in the world. It's, like, I know it's cliche, but there's nothing more valuable in the world than friendship. And you just got to find those people who will lift you up and help you be better. And in the end, you'll want to do the same for them. Because, you know, that's what friends are for. I've had numerous people help me with that along the way. In high school, at college, even now. And I couldn't be more grateful for those people. So... Those are the three things that have really helped boost my confidence. And I've, I also should include, um, just let me back up for a second. I should also include my family because they were the biggest factor because at the time I didn't realize this. And maybe right now at this time you're not realizing how much good your family can do for you and how much, even though how much they annoy you, how much you think they hold you back, just know 
they're always doing it for your good. And I know there are some cases where, you know, it's families don't exactly work like that. Like, there are, unfortunately, there are bad people in the world. But I think the vast majority of people you'll encounter in this community are people who genuinely want you to move forward. Your moms and your dads, even your siblings to some extent, they all love you and want what's best for you. And sometimes, sometimes love hurts. You know, I'm definitely a tough love kind of kid. I need to make mistakes and see, like, the error and what they can do and see the... (laughs) Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's embarrassing. But as long as you learn from it and move on from it, like, you can look back and laugh at them. Like, there's still a bunch of stupid mistakes I laugh at, but I'm glad that they happened because otherwise I wouldn't have learned the things that I know today. And it was it was my mom and dad that helped me realize that. I just, like all things, I kind of wish I rec- recognized that sooner. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. So that's my brief spiel on demeanor and confidence. I think it has heavily to do with the people you surround yourself with and also recognizing your own worth and capabilities. And at the end of the day, it's up to you to figure out how you want to do that. So, I guess with that, we'll move into the word of the day. Um, For those listening at home, I just have a notebook where whenever I hear an interesting word, I'll just write the word down. So, but not the definition, because we guess the definitions. So, um, today's word of the day, I'm going to pick this one. Today's word of the day is going to be epitaph. So, I don't actually know what this word means. I got it, I first heard of it in one of my favorite songs called Epitaph by King Crimson. Uh, I'm gonna guess, like, because Epitaph sounds a lot like um, Epiphany, I'm gonna guess it's like a revealing moment or an insightful moment. Something like that. Like, a moment of clarity. That's, That's what I'm gonna guess an Epitaph is. So... We'll pull up the modern day oracle, also known as Google. Okay, epitaph. Phrase or form of words written in memory of a person who has died, especially as an inscription on a tombstone. Something, or definition B, something by which a person, time, or event will be remembered. The story will make a sorry epitaph to a great career. Okay, well... I got that completely wrong, but hey, you know what? Like I said before, it's how we learn. So yeah, epitaph. I guess that kind of makes sense, given the context of the song. Actually, here's going to be your homework. I'm going to give some homework, plus like a song of the day. Go ahead and look up Epitaph by King Crimson, preferably the live version. Um, They have a couple live versions. It's honestly just better than the studio version. I, I can't quite pin down why. I think my friend Mike just influenced me a lot. He would always say live versions all the way. And I've, I've kind of fallen into that. But yeah, look up Epitaph by King Crimson. You can find it on Spotify, YouTube, whatever. Um, and then listen to the song lyrics, and it will make a lot more sense. This something by which a person, time, or event will be remembered. Because I think the song is about... It's definitely a melancholic song. It's about remembrance and the inevitable march of time i think something like that it's a really good song but yeah i think that'll do it for this episode so if you have any questions topics or words of the day uh go ahead and email us 
and like I said before, I'll try to upload episodes bi-weekly, but we'll see how that goes. So until then, take care of yourselves, be a little more confident, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.